the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. WTC Minneapolis, St. Paul. FM 107.5. K298CO. Minneapolis. Intelligent Radio. With SRN News, I'm Jason Walker. Democrats more vulnerable to losing their majority in 2024. With the announcement, Senator Debbie Stabenow will retire rather than seek re-election. Bob Agnew has more. There's no question Democrats are facing a big challenge in 2024, and the numbers tell the story. The Blue Party will need to defend 23 seats. Republicans have only 10 seats in play. Mike Berg of the National Republican Senatorial Committee notes Stabenow's announcement may be just the first by Democrats who, in his words, decide to retire rather than lose. Even Democrat strategists concede the party has only a slim chance of holding the Montana seat of John Tester should he retire, and virtually no shot of holding on to the West Virginia seat of moderate Joe Manchin should he choose not to run. Bye, the reporting. Strong week on Wall Street. The Dow was up sharply. This is SRN News. Dr. Sebastian Gorka asks an important question. But everybody talking about this judge, that judge, Supreme Court, Title 42. As far as I'm concerned, it's a joke. Well, what does Title 42 matter, whether it's in place or not? If the Biden administration isn't using it to deport people, isn't this like a red herring? America First with Dr. Sebastian Gorka. Afternoons at 2 on AM 1280. The Patriot. Intelligent Radio. AM 1280. The Patriot. Glad to have you along today. And check out a brand new podcast featuring Michelle Tafoya. Former NBC sideline reporter. She is the host of Sideline Insanity. Listen at SalemPodcastNetwork.com or watch each episode on YouTube. Hour two of the Narn with Brad Carlson is next right here on AM 1280, The Patriot. Thanks for joining us today. Portions of this program may have been pre-recorded. The views expressed on the following program do not necessarily represent those of this station or its management. Stand by for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. And go launch sequence. Engineering. Go flight. Master control. Go flight. Studio engineer. Go flight. We are go for launch in T minus three, two, one. We have liftoff. The Northern Alliance Radio Network is on the air. Live and local from the AM 1280 The Patriot Studios in Egan. Here is the closer, Brad Carlson. AM twelve eighty, the Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network. Back with hour number two of the broadcast. We like to call the closer. That's me, Brad Carlson. Thanks as always for tuning into our show today. You can check out my blog at bradcarlson.org. And we are here to take a phone call, 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter. Just use hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show for comments or questions. And if you'd like to follow us along on Facebook, just go to Facebook.com. Do a search for the Northern Alliance Radio Network. Give us a like or a follow if you haven't done so already. And we do have our live stream of the broadcast up and running at our Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page. I'm waving to the camera right now as I speak. So uh, feel free to leave a comment or question there as well. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in. So the first hour, we talked some uh, national news. And then uh, second uh, part of the first hour, we talked some local stuff. And now we're going to get to some world affairs now. We are honored to welcome to the broadcast at this time uh, Greg Stebbin, he, along with former member of the Russian parliament, uh, Ilya Pomeneryov, and um, Ponomeryov, I should say, wrote a book entitled, Does Putin Have to Die? Uh, interesting. Uh, yeah, does Putin have to die? The story of how Russia becomes a democracy after losing to Ukraine. As, as you know, we are coming up nearly on the one-year anniversary of the Russian invasion uh, of Ukraine. And of course, just a couple of weeks ago, we had Ukrainian President uh, 
Vladimir Zelensky give an address before a joint session of Congress. So uh, we're going to talk about the war going forward and uh, this particular book. And uh, does indeed Putin have to die in order for Russia to become a democracy? So honored at this time to be joined by co-author of this book, Greg Stebbin. Greg, welcome to the Northern Alliance Radio Network, sir. How are you? Thank you. It's great to be here. So uh, I guess we'll uh, get into the book a little bit and talk about the ongoing war again. Greg, we're approaching the one-year anniversary of the beginning of the Russian invasion. Uh, the subtitle has me curious, the story of how Russia becomes a democracy after losing to Ukraine. Um, am I understanding that correctly, Greg Stebbin? Is it a <laughs> foregone conclusion that Russia is going to lose this war? Well... Uh, you know, I mean, I can't predict the future, but I think if you read the tea leaves, that's what they're suggesting. I, I, it's hard to imagine that somehow Russia turns this around and actually ends up winning, because what does winning look like? It means they either keep the parts of Ukraine that they've annexed and keep Crimea, or they get the entire country. And I just can't imagine that the Ukrainians or their allies around the world are ever going to stand for that. What we've seen going on thus far in this uh, particular conflict, for those who've followed closely, is how the Ukrainian military, Ukrainian soldiers have been incredibly resilient. I don't know if people were underestimating them or maybe some folks like myself. I'm in my um, I'm in my early 50s and I remember the height of the Cold War back in the late 1980s and how the Soviet Union was this uh, daunting superpower. Obviously, that's long crumbled since then. But nevertheless, you've got someone like Vladimir Putin in power, still that KGB mindset. Uh, is it just a matter, Greg Stebbin, that uh, Vladimir Putin kind of uh, overestimated what this uh, what this conflict would entail? I think there's a lot of things going on here. Uh, so first of all, I think when you are dictatorial, People are afraid of you, and they're afraid to tell you the truth. Right. And so I think uh, Vladimir Putin wanted to believe that he could take the entire country of Ukraine in three days or, you know, let's say maybe it's two weeks, uh, which obviously hasn't happened. So I think the bubble gave him the impression that he could do that. I think we also should look at history and remember that when Russia took Ukraine, uh, took Crimea, there wasn't much of a fight for it. So you could imagine where you could expect that, well, they rolled over and gave us Crimea, so why wouldn't they roll over and give us the rest of the country? I think one of the things Putin either didn't know or was in denial about or was deluded about was that – and again, if you speak with uh, Ukrainians about this, one of the things you find out is since 2014 when the annexation of Crimea happened – The Ukrainians have been planning for this and preparing for this, Mm -hmm. arming for this. Mm -hmm. So the Ukraine that was invaded uh, in 2014 is a very different country than the Ukraine that was invaded in 2022. And so the Ukrainians had many years to prepare for this. They were ready. And I think the truth is, if you go into a battle thinking it's going to be as easy as the last battle, you're setting yourself up for disaster especially when your opponent has that much time to prepare and is and knows that you're a formidable opponent. I don't think the Ukrainians ever underestimated the Russians. I think they prepared right. appropriately. So uh, I guess from that standpoint, you know, you alluded to the fact that, you know, with uh, with a dictatorship like this, uh, with uh, Russia and Vladimir Putin, that uh, his inner circle is afraid to to tell him the truth, especially if it is, if it is daunting to his particular cause. So with that in mind, uh, was there, I guess, you know, to get to the title of the book, does Putin have to die in order for (laughs) Ukraine to ultimately uh, emerge victorious? Because, you know, given how deep he is into this and given the, the end goals that he had in mind, it's hard for me to fathom or any dictator for that matter to just, you know, wave the white flag, come to the table and say, okay, what kind of concessions can we uh, agree upon to kind of bow out of this gracefully? Because it just didn't seem like there was ever any option of Putin bowing out gracefully, Greg Stebbin. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And I, I think there's two answers to this. Uh, and one answer, so first of all, if you write a book called Does Putin Have to Die?, you better answer that question by the end of the book. <laughs> you don't have to offer a spoiler if you don't want this to, Greg Stebbin. You want to sell books, I get it. right, that way. So we do answer it, and I'm going to tell you what our answer is. But since we wrote that and since the book came out, I think our answer 
stated even more succinctly came along. So President Zelensky was asked in an interview a month or so ago, you know, something along the lines of, you know, well, what do you think should happen to Putin? And I don't know if you remember his answer, but I love his answer. I think his answer is a, a brilliant diplomatic and appropriate response. Zelensky said, who cares? Yeah. Like Why should the Ukrainians care what happens to Putin yeah. as long as we win? Right. Now, I think there's a bigger answer to that. You, they, they should care, but I, I don't think they should care about it today. I mean, they should ultimately care about what the future of Russia looks like because a democratic Russia is going to be a heck of a lot better neighbor than a Russia that continues with Putin gone and just another Putin or someone worse in this place. But today they can't think about the future of Russia. Sure. They just have to beat the hell out of Russia. I completely understand that. The way we answer that question in the book, and I'm really going to give credit to my, my – first I want to explain Ilya Ponomarev was a member who, who I really helped him write this book. He was a, a member of the Russian parliament, mm -hmm. and a little history is important. Yes, He was the only member of the Russian parliament in 2014 to vote against the annexation of Crimea. Now, typically, only one guy. Yeah, I was going to, now I, I, forgive me for interjecting here, but, uh, you know, uh, typically a Russian parliament, uh, they're just there to kind of rubber stamp to confirm what the, uh, what the president wants. So for him to take that particular stance, I mean, that isn't just a, something that threatens his uh, reelection like would happen here in America if you're a lone wolf voting against uh, American legislation. Uh, this is literally a matter of life or death, Greg Stebbin. So he's, he is on the kill list. Yeah. He has been since that t around that time. He was forced into exile a few months later. He has not been back to Russia since 2014. Mm -hmm. He lived in the U.S. for a few years. He's a very He's a very assimilated Western guy. I mean, you can, like, hang out with him just like your buddies and forget that he's, you know, that he's actually a Russian guy. Right. Uh, he now lives in, in Kiev in Ukraine. He's, he's been a citizen there, I think, since 2017. He's a very successful business guy in addition to being a successful politician. And, and, and I think you just have to have, understand that about him, you know, to really appreciate where he's coming from with this book. And then, you know, I, I obviously helped him bring it to an audience in English. Uh, but the answer to, to the question, does Putin have to die in the book, is really this, and I think it's, I think it's the, the most honest and, and realistic answer to the question. Does Putin have to die is probably up to Putin. Mm. The Ukraine, I don't think the Ukrainians are going to kill Putin. Okay. I do think there's a good chance he's going to die very soon, but I think he's going to die at the hands of Russians. Really? Yes. I think either the people around him are ultimately going to realize, and I think they already have realized, and now they're just waiting for the right time, you know, this guy's going to kill us all, and the only way I survive is we kill him first, or the oligarchs are afraid you know, maybe he'll be captured and he'll spill the beans and the oligarchs will all end up in some, you know, at the Hague or something, right? Putin, Putin alive is not just a threat to the Ukrainians. He's a threat to many, many. He's a threat to all Russians, frankly. He's about to mobilize, so that's a threat, right? Mm -hmm. He's a threat to their economic security because he's completely disrupted things and we're seeing that in terms of how the West is responding. But he's also a huge threat to his inner circle. So as we say in the book, whether Putin lives or dies is up to him, because if he keeps going down this path, somebody close to him is going to kill him, either out of self-defense or because they want to replace him. Sure. But he does have the option to live, theoretically, which is, look, he's got an unbelievable amount of money. He's got an unbelievable amount of power. If he wants to leave today and go to another country and build a castle or take over a castle that can be completely secured, and he has the money for that security, he could probably live until the end of his days without being taken out by somebody. But it's up to him. He stays and he continues this war and he mobilizes more Russians and he turns more and more Russians against him, or he gets the hell out of there and 
and, you know, right. spends his money buying security for himself and the rest of his family. Well, now there has been kind of a persistent rumor indicating that he's gravely ill, that he may just die of natural causes anyways. And again, Russian state media in the pockets of the Russian government, no way to know if that's true or not. Yes. Any, any, uh, I guess, Greg Stebbin, any way to, to confirm that? Or could that possibly be, for lack of a better phrase, a head fake to say, uh, to kind of give him an out, say, yeah, well, he died of natural causes anyways. But uh, what, uh, what more well, can you tell us about that? I, I think... So Ilya and I, my co-author, we have talked about this. And I mean, I, I, I think you have to be realistic about this. He can be mortally sick, mm. but you can look at him and tell he's not going to die this month or next month. Sure. His death is, is not going to happen soon enough to resolve the Ukrainian crisis and bring about change in Russia. I mean, he, maybe he, he can be dying and someone can still kill him, right? Sure. Or he can flee for his own safety. Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't count on his health being the way that these issues in Russia get resolved. It could happen. I mean, you know, and I could get hit by a car after this interview, too. Sure. But I just don't think that that's, a, that's not a realistic way of looking at this and saying, how is it going to get resolved? Once again, we are joined uh, on the, via phone by Greg Stebbin. He, the co-author of the book, and I Keep losing the uh, title. Sorry about that, Greg. Uh, Does Putin Have to Die? The Story of How Russia Becomes a Democracy After Losing to Ukraine. Uh, Greg, we have to take a quick break. Any chance you can hold for just one more segment with us? Oh, absolutely. Okay, Greg Stebbin will be back, co-author of the book. Again, Does Putin Have to Die? The Story of How Russia Becomes a Democracy After after Losing to Ukraine. And uh, if you'd like to weigh in, folks, feel free to give us a call. The comment or question, 651-289-4488. You can also weigh in via Twitter, hashtag NarnShow. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. Back with another segment on the broadcast with Greg Stebbin. Go nowhere. I'm 15 for a moment. Caught in between 10 and 20 and I'm just dreaming. Sightseeing in Paris, at the mall in Bloomington, or on horseback in Dallas. We're where you are. Listen to AM 1280, The Patriot, at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. The Patriot is proud to air the Pledge of Allegiance every weekday morning. If you're a veteran, current service member, or a first responder, we would like to honor your service by having you recite the pledge. If you're interested, please call us today and we'll book a time for you to visit our studios. The number is 651-289-4410. That's 651-289-4410. Then join us for the pledge each weekday morning at 7.30. Master Pool and Spa's New Year Sale. Save up to 25 to 60% off new 23 inventory and up to 80% off remaining 2022s from Minnesota's largest spa dealer. Drive a little, save a lot. We have the largest selection at unbeatable prices. Free delivery and trade-ins welcome. Master Pool and Spa's New Year Sale. Save up to 25 to 60% off new 23 inventory. Master Pool and Spa, 394 Louisiana, 952-253-0665. Master Pool and Spa's New Year Sale. Save up to 25 to 60% off new 23 inventory and up to 80% off remaining 2022s from Minnesota's largest spa dealer. Drive a little, save a lot. We have the largest selection at unbeatable prices. Free delivery and trade-ins welcome. Master Pool and Spa's New Year Sale. Save up to 25 to 60% off new 23 inventory. Master Pool and Spa, 394 Louisiana, 952-253-0665. For adults with moderate to severe plaque psoriasis, poor candidates for systemic or phototherapy, now there's SkyRizzy, Rizinkizumab Rizza, a prescription-only 150-milligram injection. With SkyRizzy, three out of four people achieve 90% clear skin at four months, and SkyRizzy is just four doses a year after two starter doses. Nothing in me. Don't use if allergic to SkyRizzy. Serious allergic reactions and an increased risk of infections or a lower ability to fight them may occur. Before treatment, your doctor should check for infection and tuberculosis. Tell your doctor if you have an infection or symptoms, such as fever, sweats, chills, muscle aches, or cough, or if you plan to or recently received a vaccine. 
With SkyRizzy, you could achieve 90% clearer skin. Ask your doctor about the number one dermatologist prescribed biologic in psoriasis and visit SkyRizzy.com or call 1-866-SKYRizzy to learn more. You listen every day. I never miss it. So now it's time for you to join the conversation. Who, me? Like AM 1280 The Patriot on Facebook and share your thoughts with like-minded conservatives. You can also enter to win prizes, learn about upcoming events, and more. Hey, welcome back. AM 1280 The Patriot. Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson. Thanks so always for tuning in. 651-289-4488. That is the number to call. You can also weigh in via Twitter. Hashtag Narn Show. That's hashtag N-A-R-N Show. For any comments or questions, as always, we appreciate you tuning in. Uh, Join for a second segment by our uh, guest via phone. Greg Stebbin, co-author of the book, Does Putin Have to Die? The Story of How Russia Becomes a Democracy After Losing uh, to Ukraine. He co-authored this book, by the way, with uh, Ilya, Ilya Ponomaryov, who was a former member of the Russian parliament, the only member to vote against annexing Crimea, and as Greg alluded to in the first segment, an incredibly bold stance, to say the least, uh, with uh, Mr. Uh, Ponomaryov now on the kill list. Uh, Greg, you had alluded to the fact that uh, Putin, he could possibly die in this conflict, not at the hands of the Ukrainian military, but perhaps uh, you know, an inside job of his own people, someone who may lo- see the opportunity to you know, take over Russia and seize power, as it were. Um, there probably is a danger, I would suppose you'd, uh, you'd concur, that it could end up being someone worse than Vladimir Putin, and there may be no chance for Russia to be kind of a flourishing democracy. Um, I, I don't know if you could put a percentage chance on if Putin does die, the kind of hands it could get into, but maybe kind of break that down a little bit as to who could replace him. Yeah, I mean, I, it, it seems like there's, <clears throat> you know, there's two possibilities here, right? I mean, you're going to have a Putin or Putin worse. Mm-hmm. Or you're going to have, you know, there's a there's a very strong and getting stronger every day Russian opposition movement of which my co-author is part of it. Uh, so, if if someone like Putin or worse than Putin takes over the country, theoretically, this is the is is the idea. The country's probably going to descend into chaos. Sure. And the reason I say that, and I think a lot of people who understand the Russian state would agree, is that what Putin has essentially done is create what is called a personal dictatorship. Everything revolves around him. Right. And when there are strong people inside the government, he either removes them you know, politically, or he throws them out a window or has them thrown out of a window. And so if the entire government revolves around one person, and that person is gone, there's no structure for it to continue. I'm not saying there aren't strong men inside of Russia that would like to take control of the government, but and it could happen. But if it does happen, it's not going to be pretty for the for the Russian people. Uh, the other option is that the Russian people themselves, and, and this, I believe, is very reminiscent of the spirit of Ronald Reagan. At some point, the Russian people themselves begin to realize how bad things are in their country and how bad things have been under Putin and that they increasingly take to the streets and take control of their government. That's also going to be messy, but I think it's messy with a much better outcome for the people of Russia because if it goes the other way, things are only going to get worse and worse. And we're going to see more and more conflicts like this. Yeah, that's an interesting point because I I think it's somewhat analogous to the situation in Iran. I get it's a different form of government. Iran is a literal theocracy that is perfectly okay with mutually assured destruction. Obviously, Putin, that is not in his best interest and does not desire that. Nevertheless, what you're seeing in Iran just recently, as you did in 2009, is a, is kind of a general uprising, particularly amongst women who you know are tired of the just brutal oppression, even ripping off their head scars. Which again, uh, if 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 people want to equate what uh, what was going on here in America, that's a that's a little more dangerous than just 
walking down the street in America holding up signs decrying your government. Here we have the freedom to do that. They don't have yeah. that freedom in Iran. So from that standpoint, uh, do you think perhaps the Russian people are paying attention to uprisings such as that and maybe could kind of take a page out of what's going on there? Well, it, this is really difficult. It's, and I think it's difficult for us in the West to understand because their life is not like ours. Right. They do not have access to information the way That's we true. have access to information. Mm-hmm. When they do have access to information, it's a threat to their lives, perhaps. I mean, you know, you can go to prison for saying the wrong words or oh, yeah. having the wrong websites on your phone or things like that. So I think there are increasingly ways for Russians to access information. And I think they're getting braver about accessing that information. But there's one source of information that I think has been wildly underestimated. And this was one of Putin's biggest mistakes, I believe, by invading Ukraine. And that is Russians have been told for years and years and years that the Ukrainians are dogs. Mm -hmm. They live like dogs. Mm. And now hundreds of thousands of Russians have been sent to Ukraine. And if you're a Russian and you go to Ukraine, suddenly you realize, you know, a lot of Ukrainians, not all of them, there's poverty there, but many, many, many Ukrainians live like we do. They live a kind of common Western lifestyle. Mm, If you're Russian and you don't have indoor plumbing and you don't have a toilet and you go to Ukraine and see that Ukrainians live like kings and queens, what happens when you go home? Mm Mm-hmm. Do you think to yourself, I want to live like a Ukrainian? Now add to that to the fact that, you know, in Russia, there's very strict gun control. Oh, yeah. But they've now armed hundreds of thousands of people and taught them to some degree (laughs) how to use those weapons. Right. This invasion could turn around and be a military coup against the Russian government. Yeah, definitely uh, something to keep an eye upon, that is for sure. Again, we are joined uh, by via phone by uh, Greg Stebbin, co-author of the book, Does Putin Have to Die? The Story of How Russia Becomes a Democracy After Losing to Ukraine. Uh, Greg, fascinating stuff. I appreciate you joining us today. We only have about a couple of minutes remaining. Uh, maybe you can let the folks know uh, how they can uh, purchase this book and websites to go to, that sort of thing, to keep apprised, I guess, to the best information as this uh, conflict carries on. Yeah, so the uh, the book is called Does Putin Have to Die? Obviously, you can get it at Amazon. There is a website, doesputinhavetodie.com. You can go there as well. Uh, I will point out one other website. It's uh, because my co-author, Ilya Ponomarev, has is actually forming a new government for Russia. Oh, wow. Okay. A new democratic government. They mm-hmm. have finished the first draft of a new constitution and many other important documents like that. They had a constitutional convention about two months ago in Warsaw. I was there as an observer. It was one of the most exciting things that's ever happened in my life. This is like being part of the forming of the United States of America, right? Yeah, yeah, wow. So you can learn more about that at the website for that Congress, and it's RUS for Russian, DEP for deputies, because that's what they call their politicians, rusdep.org. And I think that is really the thing to keep an eye on, because now that that new government is forming and going to other Western countries and looking for some form of recognition, it creates a very tangible form of replacement of government for Russia for when Putin is gone. Yeah, fascinating stuff. Uh, once again, Greg St- uh, Stebbin, co-author of the book, Does Putin Have to Die? Go to the website, uh, doesputinhavetodie.com. Uh, if you'd like to purchase the book, find out uh, more about uh, the authors. And uh, it just sounds like an absolutely uh, fascinating read. Greg, appreciate your time today. Uh, thank you so much. And uh, best of luck with this book uh, going forward. And, yeah, I appreciate the heads up on the website, too, uh, regarding uh, the uh, uh constitution that Mr. Ponomarev is uh, attempting to put forth. And uh, obviously, uh, thoughts and prayers out to the uh, the Ukrainian people as well as to the Russian people as well. It, uh, it uh, definitely is a conflict that uh, has having an impact here at our country, too, not to make everything about America, but nevertheless, it, it, it can have an impact one way or the other. So something to keep an eye upon. And appreciate your time today, sir. Thank you so much. Thank you. Great to be here. All right. Uh, Greg Stebbin, we only uh, have about a minute to go, but I wanted to uh, let Mr. Stebbin at least uh, get his website in there, Does Putin Have to Die? 
Com. Uh, I have yet to read this book, folks, but after uh, listening to the uh, fascinating account of uh, Mr. Ponomarev's uh, perspective, again, being the only member of the Russian parliament to vote against the annexation of Crimea back in 2014 when that took place, again, uh, Russian parliament just basically acts like a rubber stamp, a symbolic vote to what uh, Putin wants, and for him to take that stance, uh, truly remarkable. And again, uh, for those who think uh, you're you're uh, take you're so brave taking to Twitter and calling out Trump and calling Trump foul names, doesn't hold a candle to what these people are doing uh, over in Russia, particularly Mr. Ponomarev. So uh, fascinating uh, read it appears to be fascinating accounts, and uh, hope to check it out myself, folks. AM twelve eighty the Patriot Northern Alliance Radio Network with me, Brad Carlson six five one two eight nine four four eight eight is the number to call. Back with another segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. Master Pool and Spa's New Year sale. Save up to 25 to 60% off new 23 inventory and up to 80% off remaining 2022s from Minnesota's largest spa dealer. Drive a little, save a lot. We have the largest selection at unbeatable prices. Free delivery and trade-ins welcome. Master Pool and Spa's New Year sale. Save up to 25 to 60% off new 23 inventory. Master Pool and Spa, 394 Louisiana, 952-253-0665. Master Pool and Spa's New Year Sale. Save up to 25 to 60% off new 23 inventory and up to 80% off remaining 2022s from Minnesota's largest spa dealer. Drive a little, save a lot. We have the largest selection at unbeatable prices. Free delivery and trade-ins welcome. Master Pool and Spa's New Year Sale. Save up to 25 to 60% off new 23 inventory. Master Pool and Spa, 394 Louisiana, 952-253-0665. When you take the time to really get to know your body, you find that the root causes of its aches and pains are usually simple. The older we get, the more exercise we undertake and the more injuries we sustain, the more inflammation our bodies suffer from. It's so simple. And my answer to that pain is Relief Factor, which I discovered years ago and take every single day to great effect. It helps the body to fight off inflammation and I've never found anything that worked better in my life. I can't recommend it enough. 70% of the more than half a million people who have tried Relief Factor end up ordering more. That's because it works for them the way it works for me. Isn't it time for you to get out of pain? Your first step to becoming pain-free should be to order the three-week quick start for the discounted price of only $19.95. Go to relieffactor.com or call 800-4-RELIEF to find out more about this offer. Feel the difference. relieffactor.com. Has your heater or air conditioner busted? Appliance broken? Computer crashed? Then you need an ARW home warranty. Home system and appliance repairs and replacements can cause stress and cost you thousands of dollars per year. With an A-plus BBB rating and a top-rated home warranty company on Consumer Affairs and Trustpilot, ARW Home provides superior service, featuring the industry's lowest service call fee. ARW Home has warranty plans that cover your kitchen and laundry appliances, heating and air conditioning systems, electrical and plumbing systems, and much more. Call 800-942-1451 to customize your plan. Plus, ARW has partnered with Azurian to protect your new and used tablets, laptops, TVs, and other home tech from accidental damage and wear and tear. All plans come with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Call 800-942-1451 for your free quote. That's 800-942-1451. Yeah 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 for any comments or questions. And hey, don't forget, we do have our live stream up and running at our Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page. 
So uh, if you do want to leave a comment or question, feel free to do so there. And, hey, if you haven't followed us or liked us on the Northern Alliance Radio Network Facebook page, why not? Give us a follow or like if you haven't done so already. But regardless, we appreciate you tuning in. Uh, I was actually <clears throat> at a, uh, a funeral Monday evening of a, uh, a family friend or a friend of mine whose uh, wife passed away. And uh, so I didn't obviously wasn't tuned into Monday Night Football, but I heard about it when I got home. Uh, the uh, horrific event involving Buffalo Bills safety, uh, DeMar Hamlin. Uh, this is from uh, the ESPN story. Uh, DeMar Hamlin had his heartbeat restored on the field after suffering cardiac arrest during the team's game Monday night against the Bengals. And he is currently in critical condition at a Cincinnati hospital. The Bills said in a statement early Tuesday morning, the chilling scene midway through the opening quarter led the league to postpone the game about 90 minutes after kickoff. CPR was administered to Hamlin, age 24, on the field for multiple minutes after he collapsed following his tackle of Bengals wide receiver T. Higgins. Hamlin received oxygen, according to the ESPN broadcast, as he was placed in the ambulance and taken off the field for some 16 minutes after he collapsed. He was then driven to nearby University of Cincinnati Medical Center. According to the Bills, he is currently sedated and listed in critical condition. The University of Cincinnati Medical Center did not anticipate making any statement early Tuesday morning. Well, obviously, developments have changed since then. Thankfully, he is making tremendous progress. Uh, I think it was Wednesday or Thursday he was actually able to write something. He asked if we won. You know, did we win? And the doctors basically told him, yes, you won. You won at life. Uh because he's made a remarkable recovery. I mean, there's always a concern of neurological damage when you your heart stops for a significant length of time and obviously your brain is deprived of oxygen. So there was that concern. So the fact he was able to write, you know, because he had breathing tubes in, so he wasn't able to speak, but he was able to write, hey, did we win? Great sign. And we were then told yesterday, there were reports come out yesterday, that he FaceTimed with his teammates you know, his Buffalo Bills teammates. That was actually, a, you know, a big leap in, you know, obviously put a big bounce in their step, I'm sure. And then I uh, I started following DeMar Hamlin on Twitter and Instagram. And sure enough, he was tweeting and he was sharing Instagram stories and he was writing out, obviously, his heartfelt thanks for everything. So just a, just a remarkable story. He is making progress and again, that is all anybody wanted to know. Whether he's able to resume his football career was not on anybody's mind. No one that is not the top priority of anybody right now. It's just to be able to get him back to normal to where he can live a semblance of a normal life. And let's hope and pray that this progress continues and it seems like he's well on his way to a semblance of a normal and healthy life. But you know what this reminded me of? Uh, it, in fact, it was the it was December of 1997. I was watching this game live. This was at the old Pontiac Silverdome, the home of the Detroit Lions back then. The Detroit Lions were playing the New York Jets. It's This was the regular season finale, and both teams had the playoffs at stake. Both teams needed to win this game. This was a very important game. And to top it all off, Lions uh, all-pro running back Barry Sanders he was on the cusp of becoming only the third player in NFL history to amass 2,000 yards rushing in a season. So there was a lot at stake in this game. And it was early in the fourth quarter. The Lions were leading 13-10. to 10, And Lions, the Jets had the ball. And Adrian Morrell, the Jets running back, he ran up the middle, two-yard gain, was tackled by Lions linebacker Reggie Brown. Very benign play. You see this all the time where you hand off to running back. He gets maybe a couple of yards. He's tackled and, you know, not much is made of it. Well, all of a sudden, within a matter of seconds, Lions players were frantically waving to the sidelines saying, hey, we need some staff out here. Got a man down. There was Reggie Brown lying on his back on the turf, and he couldn't move. 
And he was able to tell his teammates that, hey, I, I can't breathe. I can't breathe. And that's when his teammates started frantically waving for the training staff. Well, I wrote about the Tamar Hamlin situation at bradcarlson.org, and I was recounting the story of this Jets-Lions game. If you look at the replay, what happened was is Reggie Brown leapt forward to make the tackle on Adrian Morrell. Well, as he went forward, he was kind of like parallel to the ground. The crown of his helmet butted into the backside of a Jets lineman who was being pushed backwards. So it was just kind of like a simultaneous meeting. The Jets lineman was falling backwards, met the crown of Reggie Brown's helmet, and obviously that blunt force on his helmet caused an injury to his spine and thus rendered him motionless for a while. And he too was unconscious and they had to administer CPR on the field. And all of a sudden the ambulance comes on the field and you could, the stadium held 75,000 plus people and it was at capacity and it was dead silent. All of a sudden you had players from both teams kneeling, praying and just traumatized by what they saw. Well, finally, they were able to get uh, Reggie Brown resuscitated, got him on the ambulance, got him to the hospital. Uh, They did a story about this on the 20th anniversary back in 2017. Reggie Brown had since recovered. He had to go through rigorous therapy, but he was able to walk again and live life. Obviously, he never played football again. But here's the thing. They resumed the game right from the point that that play took place. They resumed the game right then and there. And the game ended, and Barry Sanders, for what it's worth, got his 2,000 yards. The Lions won the, by that 13-10 to 10 score, and, you know, they just moved on. But I, I couldn't help but thinking think of that game, thinking of the Monday night game between the Bills and Bengals, because they decided to postpone the game. They were not going to continue that night. Now, there's been some back and forth about whether the NFL called in, say, hey, after five minutes – The players need to get warmed up. That's NFL policy. There was rumors that that was going around that, hey, quarterback Joe Burrow, uh, you know, you guys were on offense. The Bengals, you were on offense. You need to start getting warmed up. And how do you do that? Now, CPR is different. Back then, it was mouth-to-mouth. Now, you use one of those uh, defibrillators, you know, those electronic machines where you literally shock somebody to life. And when you see that administered, how do you go back to playing? So I was thinking about that. How did they go back to playing 25 years ago as opposed to now? They decided to postpone the game, and ultimately they canceled the game. The league indicated just the past couple of days they're not even going to make up that game. And there were some people who had the audacity when that was announced to say, well, why can't you just resume from the spot where the play took place? You're honestly suggesting that these players gather at that spot and resume the game from the very spot where they saw a man literally die? I mean, he literally was dead for a matter of minutes. So kudos to the training staff for the Bills, who were the first responders, and just shows goes to show you how important their jobs are. I mean, rarely it's life or death, okay, but it shows the chance is non-zero. I mean, they deal with, you know, fractures and torn knee ligaments and whatnot. I mean, it's not a life or death death situation. Certainly, you want to get the player comfortable when he suffered a torn knee ligament or a broken bone or what have you. The the priority is to get them comfortable so they don't, you know, so they don't experience so much pain. Plus, they don't make the injury worse. But this was life or death. DeMar Hamlin was literally dead. So the, the suggestion that they should just go back to that spot at a later date and resume the game, now, that was... That, that wasn't a possibility. That couldn't have been a possibility. There was no perfect solution. Uh, I, I would submit the NFL came to the least, for lack of a better phrase, the least sucky decision, in my opinion. You can agree or disagree, but that's how I, that's how I, I, I saw it. But I also think that, you know, kind of another theory that leapt to my mind, You know, the NFL's reputation for many years was how they were so callous toward player safety and how there really wasn't any solid evidence that players who suffered 
brain damage, brain trauma, neurological issues later in life, you know, ALS or, you know, an ailment like that, really you can't attribute that to their days on the playing field. They were denying what was coming out or just covering it up. So the idea that they've been trying to build back up some sort of goodwill and and a solid reputation, obviously that led to them saying, yeah, we can't resume this game. In fact, from what I understand, the coaches, Zach Taylor, head coach of the Bengals, Sean McDermott, head coach of the Bills, both got together and said, yeah, there's no way we we can continue. If they're going to try to make us continue, we're not going to do it. And so good, good on the coaches and the players for kind of showing that flex. It's like, that can't happen. This cannot happen. And, of course, the league obviously acquiesced to that. And um, and so, ultimately, after initially postponing it, canceling the game. But I, it's amazing to me because I remember vividly watching that Jets-Lions game and seeing Reggie Brown, the Lions linebacker, motionless on the field. And then to later learn, you know, I didn't realize it right then and there, you know, because obviously they kept a closed circle around him. They didn't really want to... You know, you don't want to show millions and millions of people that a player is being administered mouth-to-mouth, but yet the players on the field were seeing that. And yet they were somehow able to continue. I, I don't know how. But I do have a bone of contention to some of the reaction to this injury, and it's similar to the frustration I express in the aftermath of a spree killing, particularly a mass shooting. And uh, I'm going to save that for the final segment here. Uh, I don't I don't want to put a damper on this because it seems like DeMar Hamlin is moving forward and making tremendous progress, and that's great, and we're excited about that. And because he's making that progress, I do at least want to address my particular grievance with some of the reaction on this. 651-289-4488, that's the number to call. You can also weigh in by Twitter at hashtag N-A-R-N show. Brad Carlson, The Closer, coming back with one final segment on the broadcast. Go nowhere. AM 1280, The Patriot. Salmon fishing in Alaska at an amusement park in Green Bay or taking a stroll through Loring Park. We're where you are. Stream AM 1280, The Patriot at odyssey.com or with the free Odyssey app. Most people have never heard of prior salvage vehicles, but at Ace Auto, that's all we've been selling for eight years and at 20 to 30% savings. Hey, it's Ed from Ace Auto. We're a rebuild center specializing in Chrysler Pacificas, Town & Countries, and Dodge Caravans. Every day, thousands of well-maintained vehicles are in fender benders and get body damage. Some end up with a salvage title. At Ace Auto, our team of professional auto rebuilders restores them to their former glory. And once they're rebuilt, they're fantastic vehicles, many with premium options at a remarkable value. 20 to 30% off. All of our Chrysler and Dodge minivans come with our one-year, 12,000-mile bumper-to-bumper warranty. Most major insurance companies absolutely insure prior salvage title vehicles. We have financing available at no extra fee to you. Go to aceautocars.com or visit us off 169 in Jordan. aceautocars.com for premium rebuilt vehicles at 20 to 30% savings. This is Dennis Prager inviting you to join me for a memorable travel opportunity that will be a highlight of your life. Mike Gallagher and I are headed again back to Israel in October for the Stand with Israel Tour. Join us along with our trusted partner, Inspiration Cruises and Tours. We'll visit key sites in the Holy Land thoughtfully designed to give you unprecedented access to a region you may have only read about. Visit StandWithIsraelTour.com for details. We'll uncover important geopolitical sites and show you Israel's significance on the world stage. You'll set foot on the ancient streets of of Jerusalem, sail the Sea of Galilee, pray at the Western Wall, and much more. We'll have guides specifically for our group, lavish accommodations, and I will even broadcast my show from Israel. No other trip will be like the Stand with Israel tour. Come with Mike Gallagher and me this October. Register today. Call 855-565-5519, 855-565-5519, or just go to StandWithIsraelTour.com, StandWithIsraelTour.com.
I'm Scott from the History Unplugged podcast. History can be a bit of a tongue twister with its weird sounding names of people, places, and things, but it really isn't that confusing. History is the story of who we are and how we comport ourselves while soaring to victory in battles over forts, seaports, and cities that fortunately thwarted the schemes of villains and their blood sports, like the 1415 Battle of Agincourt. It's about legal battles in courts, about the contortion of torts over the retorts of consorts that turned into kangaroo courts. I exhort you to listen to History Unplugged on the podcast player of your choice, and you can listen to it while wearing shirts, shorts, skirts, skorts, or jean jorts. Join the Patriot Freedom Fan Club for prizes, contests, quizzes, and more. Plus, get exclusive access to pre-sale tickets to events. It's free to join. So visit am1280thepatriot.com today. Hey, welcome back. AM 1280 The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. It's me, Brad Carlson. One final segment on the broadcast. 651-289-4488. That's the number to call. Hey, don't forget, tune into our other Narn programming, our Narn brothers, King Banyan on our sister station, AM 1440 The Biz. He's on Saturdays with the King Banyan Show, 9 to 11 a.m. And my friend and colleague Mitch Berg on these very airwaves, AM 1280 The Patriot. He is the headliner edition of the Narn, heard Saturdays, 1 to 3 p.m., followed immediately by the new guy, Jack Tomzak, 3 to 5 and me, Brad Carlson, the closer, closing out weekends every Sunday from 1 to 3 p.m. And as always, we appreciate you tuning in. I uh, was talking about the DeMar Hamlin situation, of course, the Buffalo Bills safety, who uh, was rendered motionless on the field in Cincinnati on Monday night. Uh, it looked like, a, again, fairly benign play. T. Higgins, the Bengals wide receiver, was running after a catch and DeMar Hamlin went to tackle him, and it appeared that Higgins' either shoulder pad uh, caught Hamlin squarely in the chest, and Hamlin brought him to the ground, and DeMar Hamlin stood up, and then all of a sudden just collapsed on the field. Uh, a couple points of contention here. First of all, uh, those who suggested that T. Higgins was overly aggressive, i.e. lowered his shoulder, lowered his helmet, and thus caused the DeMar Hamlin injury, uh, your ghouls? I'll just say that. I mean, this poor guy probably feels bad enough for the you know the injury being a result of a football play that he was involved in. Okay, that's what happens. No one is out there, the at least ninety nine point nine 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 percent of the time, with the intent to hurt somebody else. There's no intention there, and so I'm sure the young man feels bad enough to be part of a play that caused a serious injury. But to say that he's responsible because of the move he made is asinine you know and it reminds me and this may kind of go off into a different direction uh there was a uh i forget that um i forget the young man's name this happened i think in the late 80s uh where chucky mullins he was a defensive back for old miss yeah, brad Gaines was the fullback brad Gaines was a fullback for Vanderbilt and he took a handoff was running and was hit by Chucky Mullins Chucky Mullins was paralyzed this was like in 1989 and he died like a year and a half later you know from complications from being paralyzed and Brad Gaines was just doing what he was doing playing football and was tackled and to this day I saw a documentary on this never got over the injury to Chucky Mullins, even though that was not Gaines' fault. No one holds Gaines responsible for that. But yet the lifelong guilt he still feels to this day over that and how he's traumatized. So I just say that to say the folks who are going after T. Higgins, rein it in, all right? And secondly, uh, I don't like this sudden... um, kick we're on where if a seemingly strong and in shape human being dies suddenly that we immediately cast dispersions like huh died suddenly you say well charlie kirk i know charlie kirk has a has a national show on this very network salem radio network i get it but i took issue with the tweet he put out in the immediate aftermath he says wow this is a tragic and all too familiar sight right now athletes dropping suddenly the insinuation being because 
DeMar Higgins may or may not have got the COVID vaccine. The assumption was he got the COVID vaccine. That that was what resulted. And I just got to tell you, if you're immediately jumping to that conclusion to justify your anti-COVID vaccine stance, uh, I'm putting you in the same category as the gun grabbers who literally before bodies are cold in the midst of a spree killing are casting aspersions on the shooter calling and blaming Republicans for not enacting gun control and saying the shooter was a white supremacist who was a, a gun nut that's propped up by the NRA. And you know how much I decry those people and abhor those people. And for you to come, for what it's worth, I'm putting you all in that same category. If your immediate thought is, huh, wonder if he got the shot. And that's what made him fall over because that seemed like a pretty benign play. And I don't know that a definitive diagnosis has been given for why DeMar Hamlin fell over like that. But the fact of the matter is he did, and his heart stopped, and he thankfully was resuscitated, and he's been in intensive care and critical condition, but he's improving. And whether or not we do find out the definitive reason doesn't matter. But the problem I have is, is you have people posting video of like track athletes falling over dead all of a sudden, just collapsing, only to find out, oh, that video is from late 2020, before the vaccine was even widely distributed. So that debunks that theory. You see how you're losing credibility when you pull crap like that? And if, and, and at the very minimum, suppose it was the COVID vaccine that resulted in this. How How is that helpful? How does that help his family? That was scared to death that this young man, 24 years old, his life may be ending because of a seeming, seemingly benign play on the football field. It's the same rationale I use for the family members of victims who are killed in a mass shooting. You know, these victims who, you know, again, these are soft targets a lot of times that are they're at a nightclub. You know, we've seen a lot of nightclub shootings or church shootings or school shootings, soft targets where People are just engaged in other activity, whether it's a social life or in their edu- within their education. And they're killed senselessly without their family having an opportunity to say goodbye. And we're going to rub salt in their wound by casting aspersion on the shooter instead of, oh, I don't know, helping support the loved ones of the deceased that are left behind. So, long story short, don't do that. Quit casting aspersions. Quit with this narrative, oh, this is too familiar sight right now. Athletes dropping suddenly. I mean, again, you're you're as bad as the gun grabbers who cast aspersions on spree killings and say it's Republicans' fault, so, for what that's worth. Folks, as always, I've enjoyed it. Thanks for tuning in. AM 1280, The Patriot, Northern Alliance Radio Network. Godspeed, my friends. Have yourselves a blessed week. the lights on over every not over. Unplanned pregnancies still happen. I'm Marianne Kuharski, Director of Pro-Life Across America. In my 30-plus years, I've never seen such a concerted attempt to silence our efforts and at a time when it's most needed. There's a powerful effort to prevent and block our pro-life messages. Our billboards, social media, and digital ads are all impacted. Our messages feature a hotline number connecting callers with more than 3,000 pregnancy support centers across America, offering alternatives to abortion, free ultrasound, and pregnancy assistance. Babies' lives are being saved. The need still exists. It really does. And Pro-Life Across America needs your help. Please find us at ProLifeAcrossAmerica.org. Did you know I could suck my thumb before I was born? Yep, we all started small. Master Pool and Spa's New Year Sale. Save up to 25 to 60% off new 23 inventory and up to 80% off remaining 2022s from Minnesota's largest spa dealer. Drive a little, save a lot. We have the largest selection at unbeatable prices. Free delivery and trade-ins welcome. Master Pool and Spa's New Year Sale. 
Save up to 25 to 60% off new 23 inventory. Master Pool and Spa, 394 Louisiana, 952-253-0665. Master Pool and Spa's New Year Sale. Save up to 25 to 60% off new 23 inventory and up to 80% off remaining 2022s from Minnesota's largest spa dealer. Drive a little, save a lot. We have the largest selection at unbeatable prices. Free delivery and trade-ins welcome. Master Pool and Spa's New Year Sale. Save up to 25 to 60% off new 23 inventory. Master Pool and Spa, 394 Louisiana, 952-253-0665. If you have ever thought about remodeling your bathroom but were worried it would take too long or cost too much, then stop worrying. Right now, Jacuzzi Bath Remodel has designed a collection of high-quality custom products and perfected the one-day remodeling experience so you can enjoy your new bathroom faster than ever before. It's a worry-free bath remodel from the most trusted brand name in the business, Jacuzzi. For a virtual or in-home appointment, call 800-826-9895. That's 800-826-9895. 800-826-9895. Did you know that there's one place you can go to hear God's words of hope spoken into your life anytime, anywhere? oneplace.com Listen to your favorite Christian programs, read daily devotionals, and get answers to your tough questions all at oneplace.com or on the OnePlace app in the Apple and Android app stores. Visit oneplace.com today. AM 1280, The Patriot is... Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.